Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Great Game by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing chapters 10 through 12. But before we get into that, let's let you know about what happened previously on Wizard Team. As we went through chapters that preceded this, we learned that Amari and Elsie um, were doing their best to get her back accepted into the Bureau. She, we know that she's been uninvited. Um, and she decides that, you know, instead of talking to her mom about, you know, how the adults in the Bureau are treating her like a second-class citizen, she's going to just keep it to herself. Um, and she does she does tell Jaden, but that is all happenstance because Jaden happens to need a ride and happens to be around Amari. So Amari is pretty much blind wasted of her pants on trying to get back into the Bureau um, and whether or not she's going to let her mom know about the issue. Um, due to some social media influencing from Elsie and Lara, um, she is reinvited to camp. Is only because they are able to make it hot online. Amari and Elsie then take the tubes to the bureaus with no um, adult oversight. It's just the two of them taking care of all of this. Um, and we understand why when we when they get to the bureau because immediately once they're inside, they are taught they are taken straight to a press conference happening outside of the, the department of half troops and full cover-ups who is which is now headed by director harlow who um has made uh, an immediate and atmospheric rise within the bureau no one's ever heard of her leading anything ever before and yet here she is um Amari also gets to see Quentin, which is what she initially wanted to do before her detour. Um, and that is when she is given her new junior agent gray jacket. Um, the Bureau is also not actually investigating the time freeze. Um, again, related to Harlow being able, being able to call shots because of her proximity to Bane, we find out that actually both Harlow and Bureau um, and Bond <laughs> and Vane have pushed the Bureau to not investigate while their department or their um, whoever they've decided is handling it is handling it. No one knows who's handling it outside of Bane and Harlow. Um, Amari and Elsie are invited to clubs. Uh, when they get to their rooms, they get these different envelopes. Uh, Amari gets this cool interactive one envelope that is golden while Elsie gets a couple different club invites. Um, and at dinner, while they're going over all the mystery that's going around Harlow and what's going on with the clubs, um, Lara is being bullied by Bear, the hater. And while Omari is like, I'm just gonna mind my business. I've been bullied by this girl. I'm a victim of Regina George and I'm not gonna go stand into her way. Um, Elsie shames her into helping and I was justifiably mad for at least the the last five minutes of the episode. Last episode. Yes. <laughs> and that's I like how you add the minutes. justifiably in there. Like, don't argue with me. I, mean, I was right. Don't boo me. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into chapter 10. Um, Amari and Elsie head to the club fair where they meet Tristan Davies. Elsie is a little bit Ugh. starstruck. 
Amari is unimpressed by the ego. And yeah, he is just a lot obnoxious. He's feeling his own. He's yeah, he, he's extremely okay. obnoxious. So he's feeling his own weeds. Michael Stormzy, don't make me say his last name. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> says, if you believe in your sauce and take a toast. Okay. And I love that. And he has, some, he has some other things where he talks about, you know, drinking his own sauce. And I think that that's great. As someone who suffers from, like, self-esteem and confidence issues, awesome. But there is a le- there are levels to it, right? Like, I mean, yeah, there's a line can, between can, confidence and arrogance. Like, yeah. And you usually can, when you're arrogant, you're not as confident as you are trying to you, make people think you, you are. Think you are, exactly. And so I... We find out um, that Tristan is a married kid and he was also being mentored by Vanquish. And so he, um, when he's going up to Amari, he's like, you should be my partner, uh, my junior agent partner. We should like really, you know, come together. We'll do great things basically. And Amari says that she'll think about it. I think that she's saying she'll think about it. One, because she's like still kind of grappling with the fact that people want to associate with her especially since she you know was uninvited to camp i don't know how many people knew about that um mm-hmm. how many like students and stuff but then oh no they did because they did they went viral um to get her back in so right. she was uninvited to camp and then she's been threatened <laughs> by harlow in a you know a subtle threatening but still um and the time freeze people are like all about she is she is an unwanted. She is like the most famous of the unwanted. So um, she's kind of grappling with that and um, going through this like club fair and seeing all these people like interested in having her join their clubs because of her Moonstone badge and her her elite star. It's a little bit of like a whiplash situation, but um, I think it also... I feel like Amari would normally be like not impressed. Like she already is like, ooh, the ego, like right away. But then I think because Elsie is kind of starstruck and Elsie is like, oh, that's, you know, he is worthy of the hype a little bit. Um, She, and, you know, and she's a nice kid. So she's not going to say no to his face, but like, she's like, I'll think about it. Um, She also teases Elsie for having a crush, which I think is adorable. And it's really funny though, because I was like thinking about it in, uh, in the Night Brothers. Like, Elsie was very firmly like a Vanquish fan and Stan, but um, she didn't, it wasn't like she was like, oh, you know, Quentin's so cute. And, you know, like, you know, like with like boy bands and stuff, like you have your yeah. favorite and whatever. Um, and so for me, it kind of feels like Vanquish could could turn into that where like the boys love Maria and it becomes a little romantic. Right. And Heartthrob then, stuff. Yeah. But it's not it wasn't like that with Elsie. It was just like they are like superheroes and like I rocks with them, like as a duo. And so it's really cute to see this like romantic kind of crush crushness on Tristan, who is like 
her like big thing about how much he's worth the hype is that he was being mentored by Vanquish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he's like a third year junior agent, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, would have to be because yeah, last year if last he was year they were out. Yeah, um, yeah. So then. Where are we at? Oh, so yeah, Amari says she'll think about it. She teases Elsie for having a crush. Um, and I think it's also like Tristan's a Merrick kid. So she's like, maybe there's more to him than like, just like, you know. It's like, he, she can kind of, at this point, like sense the arrogance, but like at this point he's being like nice to her. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're just kind of, he's like, you know, we should be on the same side, whatever. Whoop de whoop. But he's also expecting her to know who he is and she does not. And that's not something that impresses her or whatever. But it's I also think that probably she's at least yeah. open to it as opposed to like immediately shutting it down. It's also yeah. like understandable like how he could be like in this moment, like his um obnoxiousness like could like he could still be a decent character because he could mm-hmm. you know it might just be like he shows up extra strong whenever he's trying to impress somebody yeah and then whenever like you actually get to know like you know he's like actually sits down for a minute and is like dude stop doing that then he'll be like all right Especially yeah once he gets like, comfortable yeah. with you he's not actually he's not as crappy as like yeah that. Mm-hmm. um and then it's, and she can't really tell so she's like giving him a little bit of an i think a partially benefit of the doubt because he's been working with quentin and maria and so she trusts her brother yeah or, you know whatever and i think also because she wants people to give her the benefit of the doubt yeah. that's one thing about amari that mm-hmm. i really do like appreciate as a character is that like she and i want to get into this more i think in like chapter 12 and um but like she does not or she's she's very empathetic in the sense of like she understands what she's going through and then like does not want to perpetrate that on anyone else Mm -hmm. um and so is always trying to be very like cognizant of their circumstances and like what it would feel like to be in Mm -hmm. their shoes and she was a merit kid at her last school she's a merit kid at her school now like she's not a merit kid at the bureau but also like um, Laura, when she was bullying her last year, was like, you're barely a legacy, right? She's just like her brother who was a married kid, right? So mm-hmm. um, they, she doesn't come from a long line of like bureau workers or anything too. So I think that's also a a point in his favor. And like, I think also like you were saying, Portia, I think it helps her like cling to the hope that he's not as bad as he's coming across. I was going to say that he also has, like, in his favor that, um, like, he, you could see how he could possibly be motivated to be obnoxious in this moment because he's known, like, him having, like, a a kind of not fully miffed, but a little, like, his ego kind of, like, turned down a little um, by figuring out, like, from how Amari's responding to him that she just has no idea who he is. (laughs) <laughs> and he knows exactly who she is because he's worked with her brother literally so he's it's kind of like defl- a little bit of ego deflation because it's like i'm i gotta hype up myself because i worked with your brother and you have no idea yeah so that's right and I, but I'm also hyped. like how would she know he was he yeah. disappeared like months she before she around. even knew about the bureau yeah right so it's just, but it's funny. But I think it's also you just generally that, shouldn't show up, go up to people and be like, never. You know who I am. Like, <laughs> that's never a good look. Never. I, you could be the most famous. You could be Oprah. You should never be able to be like, just go up to someone yeah. and be like, you know who I am. 
I remember when I met Colin Firth and he introduced himself and I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, but also so great. I was like, yeah. I mean, I know. Just because I know who someone you are. is well known in like some circles, saying they're yeah, and I appreciate that when people are like, no. Oh, that's that's the thing. Like, I thought it was it was one of those things where I was like, sir. It's in but some it circles and also a, like it's also a thing where I was also too, had like, to remind myself like he doesn't know me and what Mr. Darcy and me and my like my relationship with him as Mr. Darcy. And if he did that, yeah, weird, but he'd like, probably be like, uh, I need to give her distance. <laughs> <laughs> I did that myself. I definitely ran yeah. away. Um, but yeah, so I and they're kids. Yeah. They're kids. Like they're yeah. not hopeless. No. No one's I mean And I and I feel like, yeah, again, like when he's introduced yeah, but when he's introduced, it's very much like mm, this kid's kind of doing a lot, but who can say what will happen, right? Like right. he could end up being useful or like whatever there may be so, more yeah. to him than what shows up in first impression right exactly and you know first impressions are first impressions like i don't believe in the like you can't make a good second impression or whatever so mm-hmm. they, they do linger. Um, that is the thing about first impressions they do linger they do linger yeah they do. um so she's like another thing too is that she was very set on going getting to the elite tent and he's like in the way um, and then he's like, oh, it's not open yet. Um, so they decide that since the elite tent is closed, they should go check out some of the other student clubs. And I've decided that um, as I run through the club that they stop by, I will let you know if I would or would not join these clubs. Please let us know if you would or would not join these clubs. The fashion club. Maybe it's a poem. Sure. They put on, um, they give uh, Amari, they're, they're big fans of uh, Dubois. Um, Madame Dubois fashions, mm-hmm. but um, they give her a sneak peek at a jungle scarf. They just put on this white scarf, and Amari is unimpressed. And then the uh, girl says, "Tell what's your favorite jungle animal?" And she says, "Tiger." And then the scarf becomes a tiger-printed fur, lovely, warm, warm scarf. And um, the club representative is like any jungle creature that you can think of you can ask the scarf and then like you will get that print and that it's not just print it's like a fur it's the fur yeah it'll become like that fur shawl but is it like that permanently or can you continue to change it like you can continue to change it in the way that it felt like to me i don't think she said yeah same but it so, you know, Which it, is great because it's like, you it know, you might not your... be feeling tiger one day. You yeah. might need a... Like, or maybe I have you have some really cool Vanquish today. sneakers, Air Vanquishes, that you want, like, it to match with or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like the um, jungle tiger one day. You could have a Siberian tiger another day. Exactly. Right. Options. Mm-hmm. Options. But is a Siberian tiger is not jungle, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Hmm. You can't probably not. I thought about that too. I was like, why does it got to be? I'm like, what classifies as jungle? jungle? Like urban jungle is also yeah. a thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> pigeon. Here you go, Portia. Got to play with the, the limitations. Stressing the limitations here. So I say, sure. I'm not a fashion girly, but if you get sneak peeks into some of this stuff and it's pretty cool and it's like interesting magic. Like that's one thing about like yeah. fashion so far. 
um, that we've seen in this series is that like the magic is really interesting in all of that fashion because it like deals with intention. It deals with like your like desire, like inner things that you may not even be like super clear about. Um, mm-hmm. And she says like bonus, it, you know, it's cruelty free. None of these animals are hurt in the making of this scarf. Um, the thrill seekers, that's a no for me, dog. No. <laughs> they, no, but on their time off, kinda, it gives Amari a little bit. It does. How dare. On their time off, they just go to these like spots that where they could die and just, you know, try it out. Some of the most yeah. dangerous, wild, interesting places in the magical, in the supernatural world. If I were part of the Thrill Seekers, I'd be like their like uh, documentarian, and I'd just be like, "Oh, like when you come back, you have to come through. So- you got to debrief with me, and I'll keep track of all. Like I'll archive all the stories. I'll do that. Right. I'd be like the travel. <laughs> That's agent. the thrill is is putting down the yeah. uh, the data. <laughs> let me let me put together your your itineraries, and let me get yeah. deals with the other people, and then I'll see you when you get back. Uh, the Vanquish mm-hmm. fan club, which I was like weird. Um, weird and I and and we were talking about it last uh episode too about like how Amari didn't get invited which is like then we find out that like the president or whatever like Elsie literally still steers Amari away from yeah. like She's that like, booth and is like he's too intense so I'm like they probably had an uh, uh um Meeting. invitation for her and somebody said sir <laughs> Let's, let's I'm not. saying let's they probably had to, had to have a, like they probably had to have a um like an intervention for him and be like sir yeah sir. Like, she's like shoot your shot. he's like he's probably he probably had like inundated them with like text messages and everything like hey what do you think Amari would like if we gave her like balloons no and then like then later he's right. like no what about exploding balloons <laughs> with glitter how about ghost balloons and like he just kept getting worse and they were like exactly. absolutely not absolutely not we're gonna just take away this this privilege of inviting people from you you can't do it. No. I, on the side of the president, I'm team shoot your shot. On the side of Amari, I am team run away as far and as fast as possible. So. I feel like I understand why, like, if this dude is that, like, intense, I get why, like, they wouldn't want to invite, put her in that situation. Yeah. Then they go to the Truth Tellers Club just to say hi to Julia Farsight, who is wearing a Unite for Unwanted tea. They have a pod, a Unite for Unwanted t-shirt. They have a podcast. They talk about all of these things, about how it's unfair, how the unwanted are being treated. And I'm like, yes, very cute. I would definitely join this club. Um, it might veer, it could possibly veer a little bit into like, conspiracy theorists scariness but so far it just seems like they're like the student activists of the supernatural world and of the bureau and they're just like we you know we tell truth to power and it's not what's it half truths um it's just truth so that's a yes for me then they go towards the department club there's a magical science fair and this kid sees elsie come up and is like are you sure i mean why don't you try to be a judge instead like how about he gets so demoralized you, like, Bro, you seem like you've got accolades. enough like accolades but it's the like, thing, though. Like, those, the magical science fair elsie you're 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 too big for that but she's so busy it's like she's so busy like how she doesn't have the time to like devote to be a judge like she cannot she can no longer be a leader in these things like she can be uh, a member she has time to be a member but she does not have time to be a leader 
Right. That's true. Yeah. But she could be like a spe- if she's a judge, she could be just special guest. Yeah. You know, show up for the day. And like he's trying to put it on that trajectory. He's trying like, to let's, yeah. let's, let's let's rethink. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly just, you feel know, like I get it. I'm for already, the other kids, I mean, like if you're trying- yeah. He probably got LP what he thought was a great project, and then here comes Elsie Rodriguez, and he's just like, "Well, then why do I even?" What's the point? Because I also feel like Elsie wouldn't need to put that much time into it to win, because she has like she's constantly built. She'd just be like, "Oh, I did this thing over, like, the break or last weekend. I'll enter that. I'll enter something I've already invented, and then she'd still win." Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's more she has enough time to be a judge. Uh, then they go to the Young Detectives Club where they investigate cold cases. Amari thinks it's really interesting, but she does not join because she doesn't have because of the time commitments. They meet after classes and every single day, and she's like, "I got my." She own already got an investigation. She's she said, "I got a hot case right now." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, not a cold, cold case. case. I'm doing. Yeah, I don't I'm have time. Things. Um, so I'm I, investigating the time freeze. Y'all trying to come to investigate the time freeze? That's what she should have did. Yeah, they should have uh, collabed. It would have been hilarious if she that was her her whole mission was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to radicalize the existing Young <laughs> Texas Club to go yeah, on my quest with me. That's what we're going to do. So funny. I be I mm, I would join the Young Detectives Club. I love a cold case, and like I said, like I. <laughs> I'm not about being a, like a, a, a magical cop. Um, I'm not but about solving like, a mystery. Anything. But solving a mystery, yeah. exactly. Like so, like cold cases to me, I feel like there's less collateral damage. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but it just feels like it's a lot more like research. And then when you finally go talk to people, you have like a very clear reason why you're talking to them. And it's not just like mm-hmm. throwing suspects just seeing what sticks it's like no like right i know where you you know what i mean i just it just feels less intrusive you feel and, more uh, informed about what you're doing so you're more aware of like what you could be what a kind of emotional like traumas you could possibly be stepping into when you exactly. question people yeah exactly mm-hmm. and there's something about just like going whenever you go and talk to someone for a hot case as Diana termed it like <laughs> Whether you're just asking them questions or not, like there's this level of like anxiety and or like, do I then, are, are my neighbors thinking that I'm involved in this somehow, which I find mm-hmm. to be very gross. Yeah. Um, the international clubs uh, remind Elsie and Amari that Elsie is leaving. Amari feels lonely and has like a moment of like, um, Elsie says, well, I should go introduce myself to the London club since I'll be there next year. And Amari's like, and so I can get used to being without you or something like that, which kind of flips yeah. out. And then they're like, ooh. Do you not want to know what her aura colors were they, at that moment? Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have this like unresolved kind of yeah. thing. Just kind of, you know, they're 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 still helping each other out. They're still joking. They're still doing all this stuff. But then there's like these moments where it's just like the big, it's like the elephant in the room. Um, and it's just kind of yeah and I think it's one of those things where I don't know how to say this like I think they need to talk it out but I also think that like Amari needs to really sit and figure out what she's feeling um or how she's feeling about this too because it's unfair 
on Elsie to make her like feel are not on her. Yeah, but it's also like I understand both sides. Like I or I understand where Amari's coming from. Like I have I have these moments every time like one of my friends has a big life changing thing of like what about me or what does that mean for us? Um, but you do have to kind of figure out. Or you just have to get okay with it so that when you're talking, like, so when Amari does start talking to Elsie, it's more about, like, okay, how are we going? I want you to have this experience. Like, you deserve to, like, go to Oxford. You, I, I want to be 100% happy for you. And the best way for me to feel 100% happy for you is that we make a plan that our, like, mm-hmm. for our friendship. How do we to, stay friends? Yeah. Yeah. And how does it kind of, like, obviously it will change, but how does it thrive under these new circumstances and then I think that's mm-hmm. when you're able to like be a hundred percent happy mm-hmm. for her so that's what they need to and do I, yeah and I think right now the problem is that neither of them they're all they're both in like the anxiety of it yeah and not in the like make plan making stage like Elsie's kind of still I don't think she is fully processed that she's going yeah um and and like what that means or like she and not even that she hasn't it's like she doesn't really want to like you know what I mean like she wants to do it but she also doesn't want to hurt Amari's feelings and so she's worried about that as opposed to being like okay look I'm going here's what we're gonna do my toxic trait is that if Mm. I were in a situation um and I don't know because when I don't know what to do with feelings I'm just like "Mm, I'm gonna just leave them alone because they'll sort themselves out so if I were in a Mari and Elsie situation, I would be like, I don't actually know. Like, I don't, if I don't know what the solution to the issue is, because no matter what, you're going to be gone and we're going to do our best to be friends at a distance, but it's still gonna not going to be the same. I would, I honestly could see why they haven't confronted that in the conversation yet. Because it's like, what is there to confront? There is no solution. So I mm-hmm. kind of would probably, I could see why they kind of let this kind of linger. Because that is my talk to trait is I'll just be like, well, Time will solve it. I don't know. Not me. Yeah. But I think the problem then is like, if you're going to let time solve it, then you really can't make comments about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the problem is like Amari is clearly holding on to it and then moments will come up and then she'll just like say something that she doesn't really want to say. And then that's like, what's making it more tense. It's like, if you're going to let it go, then like, let it go. Yeah. You can't be snide. That's my thing. Like I will hold stuff in. I won't have any snide comments. Yeah. I don't think I usually do. Um, Cause I'll just, I'm like, you won't, I'll just hold it to myself. I'll figure it out. It's a me mm-hmm. problem. I'm the issue here at some point. Exactly. It'll get figured just out. let me, I'll work on it in, internally. And then. Yeah. And I, honestly, she's also, you know, is, like, we, like we talked about, like, I don't think this is one of those things where you can just let time solve it because they need to make a plan. What plan can you make? There's like, there's the solution is we try to FaceTime or whatever on a regular basis. Yeah. But they should say that. Like, I think that's the thing. They haven't really said like, look, we're still going to be friends. It's more like Amari was like, so what does that mean for us? And Elsie's like, I don't know. That's it. They haven't like, yeah, they haven't like said, okay, so we'll FaceTime every day or, you know, once a week or we'll make sure we do this. I'll, I'll keep you up to date on what, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing you like share space with someone, um, parasocial, like, you know, like if someone's on it, like body modeling or something, where you're like, oh, like we both oh, yeah. work on homework at the same time. Body, mm-hmm. yeah, modeling, yeah, like I mean, oh. all the time with body uh, cloning, no, body doubling, doubling, body doubling. Thank you, yeah. I'm like, yeah, we do that all the time with people, just like, look, we're just gonna be on the call and we're gonna work, you don't have to talk, 
Um, so there's things that they could do, and I think also it would get them excited excited about it too. I think, um, you know, change is not fun, but I think there are ways to make it so that you're not upset all the time. Yeah. But I think I just what I'm saying my toxic trait is like, and while I'm in the midst of the feelings and I don't know what to do with them, I'm just gonna hunker down and not say anything. I'm just like, mm. sure, yeah, <laughs> same. I'm gonna figure this out on my own. It'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so then um, Elsie goes to say hello to the London Club, and now she's over there introducing herself. Um, the Elite's tent opens with a. It is very dramatic. The lights go down. Um, Harlow is on the loudspeaker talking about, um, you know, every in a world. (laughs) 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 Um, But it's like the dang tooth fairy from Shrek 2. Exactly. Um, The paper star on Amar that Amari has pinned to herself that was her invitation to the Elite's Club, like shoots, sparks up into the sky. So it does for every other Elite. our new elite member, I guess. And then they're mm-hmm. told to like come to the back where their tent is now open so they can, you know, meet and and be elite. Um, <laughs> and so then they- It's just so like, it's just too much. It's honestly. so much, but like, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about this. And so then they go there, Harlow, Chief Crow are there. They're heads of every single department and deputy heads and some like um, Amari thinks like retired influential people from the bureau are all there clapping for these kids. Tristan tells uh, Amari, cause he's also there with his star that he's already told Fiona that they would become, that they would be partners. And as a gold star elite member, you can choose your own partner. Um, and Mar- Amari's like, oh, okay. I, did, I said, I'd think about it, but cool so yeah it just kind of brings up for me like a little bit of consent which we'll also get into um in the next chapter but like amari told him that she'd think about it and he told fiona she's his partner and i just feel like Mm -hmm. as someone who hates group projects anyway i hate the idea of having a part like one partner throughout um the summer i understand like they work in partnerships and like that's a thing I understand why, but I personally think it would be more useful if they like switched partners for every task or something. So that not only mm-hmm. do you get used to working in a partnership, but you can see who you work well with and why, and you're not just stuck with someone who's not going to do the work. Especially when you're at a junior level, when you're like someone like me, yeah, who is going to do the work at the last possible minute and be asking you questions at two in the morning and you're like, if you would have started earlier and I'd have been like, my brain doesn't work like that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I I don't like it. Um, so then Amari gets singled out. Um, they talk about like how everyone who was invited has done, you know, has set themselves apart and has done things. And then Amari gets singled out as single-handedly stopping Dylan Van Helsing and saving the Bureau and the Supernatural world. And Director Van Helsing is looking at her, sneering. You could have called, you could have, sir, you could have stopped the call from inside your own house 
and yet, come on. and yet, and yet, the black like girl how are you not sitting there about this world had a better how capture you of your children, had a better read on your children than you in your own house. Mm-hmm. How are you giving Amari the stink eye instead of having your head down because not one but two of your children were outed as magicians you and one of your ch- children was is now a murderer. Like you were the lead. Federal like, prison. Your child is a murderer. No, because you gotta you have to keep the bigotry. The hatred keeps his soul alive. It keeps him going. It's his energizer battery on the back of his. He's the bunny, and that's the battery in his back. It's his hate. Imagine you judging me when you <laughs> raised a murderer. I can't. Twelve years old. Neither of your kids can in the share deep, information in the about themselves place. with you because that's how awful of a parent you are. Twelve years old in the depths of darkness or whatever the name of that place is. In the deep, deep right. Dark. Not even in the prison. No, he's no, not in the black zone. He's sightless. Oh, yeah. Sightless of death. Depths, sightless depths. Thank you. That's what it's called. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't um, know why that was so hard to say. Keep calling it the deep darkness. So, <laughs> um, yes. But it's also then like, Tristan, yeah, the elites are very oh. extra for no reason. Yeah. Because they're Tristan, elite. And um, they remember in your face that they're elite. Duh. And then they got to be like, they were like, it's not even equal among you. So you're against, so there's like, like are... the gold star elite is the elite of the elite and you of get the special treatment and it's like how it's just too much. It's too much. It's we gotta stop men like, black. all this competition. Because you already it's, have it's, and the thing is, is like there's the already a ranking system yes. in the bureau. You already have the badges and you got the, the notebook paper all the way to Moonstone. And then on then now you have this gold star. <laughs> it's just like it's very hierarchical. No, 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 no. You have but... your badges all the way to Moonstone, and then you could be in the elites club, right? And then in the elites club, you get to be the elite of the elite. Star. There has to be like a platinum, like a gold star. There has to be. And then higher. at each one of these levels, you get more access and special mm-hmm. treatment. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I was it's saying it gives ridiculous. me black because of the um the early the best of the best of the best, sir. And I mm-hmm. love that. Like, what would Will Smith like or like his characters, whatever agent, whatever. But I, he's Will Smith. What would Will Smith do in this like situation? Right? Like, I feel like he would clown them for how dumb this is. He'd just be like, "We're the most elite of the elite of the elite, sir." Like all these gold stars, all of this. Like he would just. This would be funny from his perspective, I think, or like even Jaden possibly would be a fun person to uh, bounce this off of. It's ridiculous at this point. Like it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's just, ridiculous. It's really so much. Um. So then. Amari gets the gold star. Tristan has a literal fit and then storms off. I the I that's the other thing. He had the gold star last year, so he was all like, "Yeah, you're gonna be my partner, and it's gonna be all have, like he, he was just, it's so like condescending year. and like fake, you know, fake benevolent or whatever. Like, yeah, it'll be cool. You'll stick with me, rookie. Now all of a sudden, she got the gold star, and that none of that matters. Now you're mad. He had no one to compete with last year, it sounds like. Like, Amari was doing stuff, but she wasn't an agent yet. And Maria and Quentin were, uh, like, unavailable. So, 
you only like when you can excel without someone there to actually push you. You don't actually like having to be pushed and be competitive with someone who actually might be a problem for you and being able to maintain your spot. Like that is scary to you. Yeah. And also, or to have someone that he can quote unquote compete with only if he knows at the end of the day, he's going to win under, yeah, he has, mm-hmm. it's under his own, like, yeah, never at um, the same level as him, like no actual yeah. competition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, so this is my thing too. It's like when I was talking about him being a merit kid, I like, what kind of kid is he outside of camp? Like in the, in the regular, regular world, because You have to, so to, to earn a merit invitation to the camp, you have to do, like save an old lady or do something heroic, right? And spectacular. And he gives me the arson firemen who like start fire so they can take them out <sighs> and be the hero. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering like, what was his merit thing? That got him into the bureau. That got him into the bureau. And does selflessness not pay play a role in that? Or like, humble, I mean, you know I, mean? I could obviously. It I mean, it. yeah, we don't we don't really know the backstory because, but like, I could also see his head getting big once he's in the bureau. Yeah, we also don't know if he knew anything about the bureau beforehand. So like, it's not like he was trying right because it's to not like he did it to something. get into the bureau. Right. Yeah, did. no, I'm not saying yeah. he would. He and it's not it just heroic because I think you can also have really good grades or like oh, okay. you know what I mean. Like you can have it just you just have to be like like pass a test or something. I'm not saying he yeah. did it to get into the bureau, but I'm saying like he could have done something to get attention and that attention led him to getting invited into the bureau mm-hmm. and like he just has that personality to me of like look what i can do or yeah. like not even look what i can do like the humble like oh it's i'm just doing my part but like making sure that everyone looks at you while mm-hmm. you're just doing your part. like doing a good I- deed but then capturing it on instagram so yes. yeah yeah yes mm-hmm. exactly that um so Van Helsing congratulates her while also threatening her to not investigate the time freeze and um, very clearly not really happy that she's there. Um, and Amari's so funny because she was like, she immediately just tells him that she's going to investigate the time freeze. Yeah. She does not care. <laughs> she's just like, oh, I mean. She looks that's cute. I'm going to give you a heads up. Like, I this tried. I, you, had, you had plenty of time to help you know? me last year. You, went, you were my obstacle in every turn. Yeah. I'm going to give you a heads up. I recognize that you've made a decision, but yeah. it's, a, it's a silly it's a stupid decision, decision so. and I've elected to ignore it. Um, yeah. So then he storms off. Chief Grow comes up and congratulates her. And then she's like, well, let me, you know go. And then I love the part where she's like, maybe I'm being a little bit too heavy handed. Like, yeah, girl. Maybe, perhaps. She's like, it's weird they won't let you investigate, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Girl. Um, And like Chief Crow is like giving her a hug and it's like very clearly like has a soft spot for Amari, but like, you know, she's going around and congratulating everyone for being in the elite club, like Gold Star, not, you know, but she spends a little bit more time with Amari. And (laughs) Amari just... Whew, subtlety. 
the better option would have been like, could I be like, I know that I'm supposed to be a junior agent this year and like do all the training. Cool, cool, cool. Um, perhaps I could be a clerk for you. <laughs> so that way you gotta you put know? something in her head for like, oh, keep Amari close. Amari gets to get close to the person most likely to get in the chain of command that she can get mm-hmm. close, the highest up ranking person she can get close to and get inside information from. Because she can't get this friend Amari was like, she can't get close to Harlow. So how get pushed close out to are you? Pro. How <laughs> much information do you have? Are you pissed off that you're pushed out? But if you just infiltrate, you could simply right. find out that information without asking anybody. You could just get the information. You could just be Amari there. I have a summer, Portia. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time. Yeah. Straight. The quickest, what is it? The the shortest distance between two points. That is the shortest distance. Line. You would be in the room where it happens. You yeah, would it's like she said, no, I don't have time for that. <laughs> While like her like subconscious is like, girl, chill. Like the <laughs> the Elsie on her shoulder is like, yo, settle down. Um, so then she goes up to uh, or Chief Crow is like. Please don't do what I what it very much sounds like you're doing, and but like says it in a way of like I cannot protect you against Bane, like as opposed to like Van Helsing obviously like threatening her. Chief Crow is just like I'm a I do what I can for you, but like I couldn't even stop you from getting uninvited. Like I cannot right. protect you against the assist, the deputy prime minister. So mm-hmm. chill, please. Um, then she sees Dr. Focus. This is my favorite part of this chapter. This is ridiculous. I do not remember Dr. Focus from the first book. She first was one. there. I, I, said I'm she, sure she was. Was she in the director first, meeting where we first Yeah, yeah when they I think first we got deterred by the director who had his head off because I think that took you on a whole tangent. She was it's there in the yeah. director's meeting and she, yeah. was, she was also trying to be She was trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although but now she, I'm like, at least she asks for consent. Before she was like, we're going to have to do it. And now she's like, so are you sure you don't? She came up to her and said, hi, how are you doing? And she said, oh, you're saying hi to me. You you want to get on my chair. You want to get in the lab. Let's go to the lab. I'm fairly certain you'll survive the testing. Like, I really need her to work on her pitches. And then uh, when Amari was like, no, she's like, then what are you talking she's to She's like, me? why are you talking to me? Either you're like, an experiment or you're not. That's... yeah." I'll, the only reason I would talk to you as a director is if you were trying to be my experiment. That's so let me get the shit. You came up to say hello to me just to say hello to me? No. I don't have time. And then she was like, I was told I only had to be here for an hour. So I'm gone. Bye. She was like, and our conversation was my last two seconds of that timer. And yeah. I just I just want to and give I- her props <laughs> because that is, a, that is an introvert move that I think is like a top tier introvert move. You, she was able to push the um, Chief Crow into only giving, like, making 10 minutes necessary, and she stuck by that verbal agreement. Oh, yeah. No more, no less. I also kind of love that, like, Amari, we, like we said, she went zero to 100 with Van Helsing and Chief Crow, but she was like, I'm not telling this lady about how the time freeze didn't affect me. I just... Like she's like, I just wanted to make sure that you know you're you're you could tell us if a magician or like if it's impossible that a magician did this right. Um, she gets her reassurance; it's impossible. But she was like, "Let me not tell this lady 
everything. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up in that lab <laughs> and I don't want to be. Um, so then she sees, or Harlow says something and then she sees Van Helsing stomp up to Harlow and they have like a little tiff and then they walk out and Amari, even though she promised Elsie that she would stay far away from Harlow, even though she knows she should stay far away from Harlow, she was like, gotta go. Um, so she follows them out of the tent to eavesdrop. Uh, she hears Van Helsing say that he pledged his support with the promise of Amari being uninvited. And then Harlow. Can you imagine that being a stipulation that you have? You're like trying to negotiate something with someone who has a lot of power. And then the one stipulation you give for them for you being able to negotiate with them is like, well, if I'm going to do this, you got to uninvite this little kid. Yeah. Kick her out of the supernatural world. But also the fact that they like did it as opposed to being like, shouldn't you be worried about your old house, sir? You should do this. Cause you don't want us going up and, in, and investigating the Van Helsing's in memoriam. Like all, oh, let's go through your whole line. Let's, let's, let's see what we can find out. Right. It's interesting. The whole thing. Um, Although like they do want to get rid of magicians. So I could see them being like, yeah, fine. Cause it's part yeah. of our, it's not anyway. a it's not a hardship for them um to ostracize a magician even though she's, she's a, a child <laughs> yes um but then he like also like asked like you know it's very interesting or t- like not asked but tell harlow it's interesting that she all of a sudden is um a deputy or, or a director um especially because she ain't fully human either hmm and harlow is some very much like you don't need to worry about that let's not worry about that Right. And we're about to see, I think, as I'm reading it, me, Amari doesn't know, but I think we're about to see what Harlow's super secret supernatural ability is. But Amari can't turn her phone on silent when she'd go in on. Why is it even on? Why is it even on? But like, if you. If it's on, on, why is it not recording? But like, who. When she said the ringer on. When she said that is true. Why is that not on vibrate? That's very true. I never have my ringer on. To be fair, I did not have put my phone. I put used to have my phone on ring and vibrate, and it wasn't until like I was work. I had like a salary positions where I would like turn my phone on full vibrate, no ringing. Um, like I used to have it on auto. Like if it's like work hours, it would not be on. But then anytime that's outside of work hours, it would ring. So yeah, no. Yeah, some people just like ringers, but like my, dad, my dad's ringer is on, and it's on very loud. My mom's ringer is very loud. My too. mom too. I feel it's like so loud. I'm like, why is it so loud? Why does it give me anxiety every time it rings? But also, like, why is it on? But then, like, why is it up as high as possible? Mm-hmm. But my thing is, if you're about to go on, like, you're about to what is it? Some subterfuge. You're about to do some subterfuge. She's she not decided, a super spy. She said her brain Uh-oh. said Elsie said I shouldn't follow them, but I got to do what I got to do. She doesn't have her instincts built up yet. Phone, turn it off. She hasn't watched as much uh, mysteries uh, that we've we've seen. Stealth mode. She doesn't know what that is. No, she can't even do stealth mode of asking questions. Do not disturb. Even stealth mode. That's base. Just put it on. Do not disturb. And then she's fumbling around with her phone. And I'm like, okay, this is a urban fantasy, right? Like what we said, it's based on this. Like if, if she was not in the supernatural world right now, she would be in Atlanta. Like I could get 
a direct flight from Delta from San Diego to Atlanta and then roll up to the Wood Project and be like, Amari, what up? It's this, it's our Atlanta, it's our time period. I know that she doesn't come from like money and all this stuff, but like side button that hoe. She's like fumbling around trying to turn it off. Like just a quick, you know what I mean? Like they've yeah. made it pretty quick to like. She couldn't turn around. Not she couldn't turn around and walk off. I would walk off. I would just like, Ooh. Literally, I'd be I'm like, gotta be oh, oh, like, and gone. Um, stop the ringing before you try to turn off the ringer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's like going, trying to go into settings. Like, girl, it's good for that. Side button that hoe. <laughs> she looks up. Obviously, Harlow and Van Helsing are just peering down on her. Like, oh, mm. come on. Why are you ear hustling? And then she comes up with a, oh, uh, they were looking for you. Director Harlow. So, so I just, just I volunteered to come and grab ya. Van Helsing run like stomps off. Nobody buys this, but he's no. just like, whatever. I can't be around this magician child because I hate her guts, even though I'm a fully grown man and she is 13. I have nothing her, better to do. Not essence. like I need to have a whole family. I need to fix or anything. Like no. my standing as a director is in any even sharing air with the Peters is an abomination to me that I cannot stomach. So then Harlow, um, you know, it's like we're friends. Anytime a grown up is telling you and, and repeating that they are friends with you when you were 13, run. Leave. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Not that, I don't know that any that any children are listening to this podcast, but, but it's a PSA. <laughs> if you're listening and you have a child in your life or yes. near you, just pause. Go get the go get the child. Pause it right here, right here. Pause it. Go get the child. Okay. Back. If an adult tells you multiple times, "Hey, child. Hey, child. Who's person? Who's adult is listening to our podcast? Hello, I'm Robin. Nice to meet you. If an adult is telling you multiple times that you are friends. This is an adult who you are not related to, who you have not grown up with, even if you are related to them. Or you have grown up with them in your vicinity. And you have grown up with them. If they tell, if they call you friend multiple times, run. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not only run, tell, tell a trusted adult that they did that. I'm like, I tell, I tell my, uh, I tell Ami all the time that we're not friends. I call Ami my best friend. That's I'm why like, I was like, if you're not related to But her. I feel like it's, but I also think she it's also different. Knows. Like, to be like, oh yeah, bestie, whatever. Like, yeah. fine. But, like, we're friends, right? No. 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 I, no. we are, me and Ami Nata are best friends with some very severe stipulations. <laughs> it is conditional. I love her unconditionally, but our friendship is conditional as fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, child, give this, give the device back to your adult and go about your business. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> that was that is wild. It just uh, and it should have given. It's sinister. It's very sinister. You already know. So you then, already know. Like, oh, she's not. She's not about to say anything. Yeah. So then Amari is like. Yeah, okay, sorry. I was eavesdropping, but I just want to make sure that like I just I'm just wondering why we're, the bureau isn't investigating and I want to just make sure that like 
something is being done about this time freeze. I'm very interested in this time freeze. And Harlow um, tells Amari to think about like when the Bureau has been taken off of investigations um, or when the government has come in and like taken over. It's, I mean, the Bureau is the government. I don't know, like the Supernatural the prime minister's Congress. office or whatever. You, yeah. I don't know how they they delineate it, but they're they're two separate entities. Um, and Amari is like, well, usually if someone inside of the bureau or inside of the inside of supernatural investigations is um, a suspect and having committed it, and she's like, ding ding ding. Um, and so Amari's like, oh, the prime the our Bane. I'm gonna just call him Bane. He ain't my yeah. uh, <laughs> think that someone at the bureau caused the time freeze and then Harlow's like girl I already told you I do not let the truth get in the way of a good story the public wants it to be a magician because that's what makes sense and so they don't have to be afraid of a new and different big bad so that is what we are going to give the public and then she threatens her again Amari has been threatened like three times in an hour mm-hmm by adults. And, by adults. Yeah. yeah. And I just need to stop. Um, that's the end of chapter 10. But whew, Harlow is not one to mess with. It's no. very, I, I will say like, you know, obviously spoilers a little bit. But I like that she's very clearly not great and you still aren't sure if she's like behind everything you know what I mean like yeah. you already don't like her you don't know that she's behind the time freeze and all that kind of stuff but she's just a pretty sinister person it's pretty exactly weird. so but it's not but it's like she could be sinister separate from that right yeah. like but if you're like it a, could still be somebody you, else and this is like a genre that's not new to you or whatever about like you know fantasy and like mystery a bit mystery. like as a mystery not mm-hmm. in a fantasy and you know how like mysteries always set up like the primary suspects are going to be like outlined for you within the first like five chapters or so, if, if not sooner. Then you kind of like are like, mm, I know she's in my suspect pool. Yeah, she's bigger. Yeah, she's suspicious, thing. but it yeah, it's not like oh, it's definitely her. Especially because Bane is still a you question know, mark around, and yeah. like Van Helsing is trash, and like you know what I mean. There's all there's all these people who are like not. And Cosmo could have been lying. Who knows? Right? Like, it's all very. So many. Yeah. And very much so. I think more important, more than anything else, it's just like Amari needs to be more, even more cautious than before. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in the in in the Night Brothers, like her investigation and her overarching thing was to like find her brother, and people were like, "You're a magician. This is suspect." But like, that's your brother. Of course, you want to find out what happened to him. And they and I also weren't like, "You're behind it," right? Because she clearly right. did not know what was going on, right? Right. So I feel like in this. Um, investigation in this situation she's still kind of going off of how it was the year before in which she's untrustworthy but she's not really under suspicion but like now like no you're under suspicion and also whether or not you did it here's someone telling you i would put the blame on you in a second 
mm-hmm. and people will believe me. And she's in a, me, and a role of authority where she can do it. Like she has exactly. everything she needs to get it done. There's nothing. There's exactly. nothing stopping her but her own wants or needs to do it. Exactly, right. and so it's like. Amari just needs to like be more cognizant of like the level of danger she's in from multiple places. Mm-hmm. But she's thirteen. She's she's trying, <laughs> sort of. She's thirteen. Um, right, so she chapter... was interested in the Thrill Seekers Club. We ugh, hopeless. <laughs> We're so excited to bring you all kinds of nerdy and creative content, but we can't do that without your support. Becoming a BNC baddie helps us with the general upkeep of our site, upgrade equipment, and invest in the team's creative development. Go to help out your favorite nerds and stay for cool perks like monthly live streams, behind the scenes, and bonus content, and more. If supporting Black creators sounds like your bag, you can sign up at www.patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate. Chapter 11. Um, so it's the next morning. Elsie and Amari wake up early to watch uh, Jaden's welcome ceremony on TV. Um, I'm going to come back to the early part in a second. But yeah, so Amari initially, like, she wanted to go, like, in person, but the only available seats now are nosebleeds, which is still interesting to me that they just, like, be packing the state, the, <laughs> the, the auditorium for these things. Um, but and also that they like live stream them. I thought that was brilliant. I wish someone would have. I, thought, I think it's cool, but I think it's just interesting that they're like, okay, yeah, we can. I guess this is a hot, uh, <laughs> hot ticket, hot topic. Yeah. Um. So while they're like kind of waiting, Amari is worrying. Um, just about the situation she's in, right? Like she just was threatened by Harlow, and she still has Cosmo like breathing down her neck, and so she's feeling this like sense of urgency um and Elsie is kind of like maybe you should take a break for a couple days but Amari's like I can't because you know I don't want there to like I don't want war to break out or to be forced to have to like lead magicians into battle or whatever um and so but at the same time she doesn't really have any leads so she's also kind of like I'm gonna have to take a break because I don't really know what to do next um and like it's just really unfair for a 13 year old to have to deal with these like big things it just really she should be able to be in camp take her classes and i don't know focus on the fact that her best friend's about to be out that's really the reason that she's not able to really process it because they're over here trying to blame her on for terrorism basically um so the ceremony starts. We there's a the first girl who has a notebook paper badge. She her like trait of honesty is upgraded into lie detection, which like Elsie even says like is a really is actually a really good uh, ability. Um, and then we also learn about the department or not learn we just learn about the existence of the Department of Secrets and Spies which I'm pretty sure we didn't hear about last time. So I'm sure they have to be connected cool. to the one of half-truths and cover-ups. Like, that just naturally goes together. Yeah, I mean, I think they all kind of go, because I'm because she also mentioned uh, Supernatural Investigations mm-hmm. and how 
she would be good at either that or secrets and spies or whatever. And I could, um, I mean, I'm sure they, yeah, they kind of, she could definitely, I think that's a good one. I'm sure there are others that are like. I'm wondering if we didn't know about the secret and spies because like, it's something that we probably should not know about until you're in the bureau. Because if everybody and their mama know that there's a department of secrets and spies, then what is the point? Yeah. I true. mean, but everybody knows there's a CIA, so like. Right, yeah, that's true. You don't know you who know it is it in there. You exists. Yeah. You don't know who it is. You don't know who is in there, but you know, besides the director, but you know it's it's there. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they have like their own dorms. They just kind of disappear. Yeah. Um. So then the next kid is called up but then the ceremony is abruptly canceled because uh by harlow who comes over the uh what's it called the comms and is saying that they'll be testing all the trainees to make sure that they aren't magicians before they touch the crystal ball and could they have not done yeah. that before the ceremony and hello they had a whole year to come but up also, with for that and like, it's, it's i mean we kind of are gonna get into like the state of the unwanted and whatever anyway but like Shouldn't they have been doing that even before Amari? Right, so they probably should have been. They probably should have been doing it probably after Harlow. But they probably yeah. Why they? Because yeah. that was the whole thing. And yeah. then they waited two hundred something years, and then Amari got the, <laughs> became a magician. Maybe they did um, it like fifty years after Harlow stopped, and then Amari comes in, and like under that period of them having stopped doing it or whatever, and then Amari kind of again makes it like known, like because again whenever Amari comes in, everyone's like, no one thinks that magicians exist like like outside of like you know you can't be a born magician that just doesn't happen or whatever right they don't know yeah. anything about magicians that's the other thing they actually know nothing about magicians in the first place so all of this is like silly but again they had a year to plan for this like y'all could have been like we're gonna as part of your like orientation or whatever we're but gonna one of the first you things you do leaders yeah. and then we'll move from there or even um, if they're like but missions like interview or whatever like whenever that's what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. they could have they could have done that and instead they're making a whole spectacle you got all these people probably off of work to come and see their kids you got freaking get, press like you see what their magical there. ability is you have press there you have people watching on television you let one kid get their magic ability and they're like oh just kidding no we're gonna stop like you could have been did that in you had all this time that is just inept. ridiculous yeah but it's inept but it also feels like it, it feels inept but, but it's also me, like a show like, of it's, power it's intentional yeah yeah, yeah. It's like we can we can people on their toes. This and we can stop like we this can, at any point. Yeah, exactly. We can we can change the rules whenever we decide to. But and also putting resources and we can and we can inconvenience you. Right, and it's also like putting because they have not clearly have not had this in motion until just now, or maybe the day before or whatever. Like it's also like shifting people's. Um, focus and like resources right like they should be focused on solving the time freeze now they're focused on testing these like children to see if they are born magicians also i think there are only two born magicians in an age so they should know but that they like, don't know that though the league not gonna knows that. The league anyway knows that, but i don't know that's what i mean like models. they don't actually know anything about magicians so they're just doing all this for no reason really um i was gonna say the the thing that gets me is that like i if i were a villain i would never want people to be able to write off my villainy as like me being incompetent like that would just make me mm-hmm. like i don't want to have a personal record of incompetence when i want you to fear me or like you know to like 
But I think that that's and why part of it, like, it could be read as incompetence, but it could also be read as like. But I think is I don't want to leave any doubt. Like this is this is leaving mm. doubt, and I'm like that's this is not again. Right. That makes it more incompetent. Like for you to not. But have they could have again. They could have started this process even if they didn't start a year ago. They could have started this process after Bain did his whole like speech. But the other thing though is that Dylan proves that if you are a magician, you can hide it because right. Well, but not, I guess maybe the magic meter it is, is, will like show what you had beforehand, I guess. I think that's what Amari, they gave, uh, Amari after she, after, yeah. Or they like had tested her or whatever after, I think. So the idea that if they would have, if anyone would have ever tested Dylan, the magic, with the magic meter, he wouldn't have been able to hide it from the crystal ball or from the meter, the way he hid it from the crystal ball. Yeah. I don't know if that's Which true, but I think that they that's don't what know they're that's true assuming. <laughs> yeah. Um, ridiculous. Um, so clearly, though, you can see that like things are getting worse for magicians and unwanted under, under Bane. And meanwhile, Cosmo is all up in Amari's phone talking about how he doesn't like to be kept waiting putting pressure on a third right, sorry, wait bring your children a child bring your children back bring your children back here listeners um children <laughs> if a grown man is in your phone pressuring you to do something tell your adults and block the number it's unacceptable okay hand the phone back to your adults or the, the device <laughs> i don't know what y'all are using okay thank you um so after this they they head to class there's this really long line for elevators but apparently elites can use lord kensington which um, is like another again ridiculous (laughs) like it's ridiculous like y'all really like this is just not how and for refresher she like lord kensington is the director of the entire bureau's specialty private elevator elevator only this one person in the whole bureau that we've the that's what we were told by Apple Care last book <laughs> that was only mm-hmm. specifically reserved for her guests, ambassadors, people of high caliber jobs or whatever who are going to see the director of the bureau. Only only that person. Only that not anymore. Unless you get this star. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, um, like begs the question too and, of like can directors who were like at the elite thing welcoming them and stuff can yeah. they use it too? No, yeah, they can't. But no? the kids can't. You know what I mean? I well, assume they could. I assume, I assume that too, they were like, like former elites or like they are elites. Yeah, I think that's but what like, makes they them just able don't do the like... badge thing because they're not kids anymore. Yeah, like, I was... I, you know what I mean? Like I don't think they do the ranking because they have their jobs or whatever. I think the director status but... is what allows them to be like um the like model or whatever for the elites or whatever so i think like mm-hmm. i if you're gonna use me as your like poster child you're i'm going to take the privilege you better let me use that elevator <laughs> i'm just saying like because of what we i mean I, I think that it you know we just didn't find this out until right now but what we were yeah. told by apple care last year was like no one so not even like directors or whatever but like yeah but it's just it's still ridiculous. Just ridiculous it's ridiculous and then they amari can't bring elsie because then everyone will want to bring their friends and then if everyone uses lord kensington then, then it's it not special, special. like but it- then you know what that also brings up to me though is that then you 
only then you stop being friends with the non-elite kid yeah, it's on purpose and they just become mm-hmm. your followers it's because like mm-hmm. why would i my, so we kind of had this thing happening it's kind of very similar actually so i um my parents and my brother they all got um what are they called i have it right here Century passes. Um, so a century pass, when you are live by the border, it allows you to go through a special line because like border crossing in a car can take up to like four or five hours. Like you just sitting there trying to get across the border. So a century pass, you have to go through this whole thing. It also gives you like TSA pre-check, like when you're flying and stuff. But my, so when I moved back here, my parents were like, welcome, get a century pass. And I was like, Okay, whatever, you know, I'll get it when I get it. They're like, get a century pass. They will tell people, because you also, when you're driving across the border into Mexico, like every single person in your car has to have a century pass, even the baby. Naya had to go get a century pass. So my parents will tell people, oh, you want to go to Mexico? Well, do you have a century pass? Okay, well, then you're going to have to like run a car or something and we can go and then you can drive yourself and we'll meet you when we meet you. But we are not like... We will not go to Mexico with anyone without a century pass. So, like, all like you know, if Bayana and them come, like, why would they need a century pass? They are never going to be in a place where they're driving across the border. It's a very sandy or Southern California, Texas thing. Like, you live at the border. You're like working or you know commuting, or it's something that you're going to go to often. Then you should get it. It's very much like, okay, well, then if you don't have one, I'm not going to engage with you or do this thing with you because it's an inconvenience to me now or whatever. Um, So if you don't have an elite star and you can't ride the same elevator, then like, I'm just, eh, I'm not going to waste my time cultivating or maintaining this friendship with you because we are on different levels. Right. It also it's just that it's quote that's like if the penalty for a crime is a fine, then that law only exists for a lower class. Like yeah. it's only mm-hmm. going to infringe on people who current who just don't, don't have the ability to pay for that extra or whatever, and that like or don't have that status or whatever. It's like an enforcement of what status quo. Um, and I also think it's my thing that I took this from this was that it was just funny that we're like we're breaking down everything that Amari learns from a conversation that she has with a junior curator from the Department of the Unexplained. And it's just funny to me, like silly, that a person from the the Department of the Unexplained takes the time to explain (laughs) everything surrounding the elite status thing with her. Mm -hmm. And it's like the fact that like elitism goes unexplained until you become one of us and then we have to explain what all goes into being right and they didn't give her a pamphlet or nothing when she left they were at that thing they didn't say oh look here are the privileges you have they didn't even do none of that they're just like you got this bad and it also like disincentivizes this is like a thing about like our society and elitism that i hate as well it disincentivizes them from just fixing the system that makes the elevators so such a hassle in the first backed place. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So uh, Amari's like, okay, it's fine. I'll just wait in line with Elsie. And Elsie's like, um, it's okay. Maybe next time. Or no, Elsie's like, it's okay. You can go if you want. And then Amari, 
this bitter baby. She goes, because I should get used to you not being around. That's the second time and two times you've been out in public with Elsie's. Y'all need, first of all, y'all need to have a conversation. Second of all, you can't snap at her when you're the one who gets the privilege elevator access. Like, she's just trying to be like, it's okay, because you can do the thing. Not because you're going to have to, this has nothing to do with Oxford. (laughs) Like, if and she it's not was her being fault. saltier, I could see her say like this. If she really had a reason to be pissed at Elsie in this moment, I could see her something saying something like, "No need. I'll get used to being by myself once you're gone." You know what I mean? Like she could have said it saltier. if they were in an active if argument. They were in an actual they're not even. Argument. They're yeah. just chilling. It's yeah. like seven in the morning. Um, ma'am, this is an elevator bank. Um, like relax. So then Elsie's like, "That's not fair," and Amari says it and doesn't even mean to say it. Like she doesn't even want to say that. So it's like, girl. Just kicking her ass right now. It's really, she's having a hard time. Um, And then Amari notices, so she apologizes. And then she notices an elevator that's open and there's no line to it. So she's like, ooh, what's going on over here? How come there's no line to here? And I'm just like, mm -mm. context clues, ma'am. It's like when you get on the train and you notice that nobody is on this train car. If don't you're on, on the, the subway, you don't need to be either. If you're on the subway, <laughs> you're in a subway station, you see the train pull up. There's three, there's two cars on either, there's three cars. The two side on two of the cars, the one on the left side and the right side, they're completely full, like standing room barely. And there's an empty mm-hmm. car in between them. Don't go in that empty car. No. Go, there people are crowded in those other For two a cars. Reason. For a reason. Do not go into that empty car. No, you're not, not special. Empty. You're not gonna. You're not, not the. That. You're not the exception to whatever right. is keeping people away. No. Um. So then, yeah. So Amari and Elsie learn this because they end up on this old ass, well, unretired elevator. I will. Which, say, like, why did they unretire? Baker? I love his name. <laughs> I do. And why do they I have old Buford. elevators? Like, this is AI, isn't it? Like, y'all yeah. couldn't upgrade Buford. Upgrade the. <laughs> System, I know. I love. Is he just I resistant love, to I, change? Like he's just like, nope, reject all updates. Yeah. Right. Um. Well, it's AI, and I wonder if they have a certain level of uh, free will to accept to accept or decline their updates. Anyway, I don't like it. I don't like the elevators anyway. But anyway, I do think though it's worth mentioning that. Amari snapped at Elsie and then Elsie's like, I don't know. There's a reason why no one's in this line, but she's trying to like maintain the peace. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know why no one's going to that. She doesn't know that it's Buford, right. right? So she goes along, but she is skeptical the whole time. And if Elsie wasn't, if there, if there wasn't such tension, I think Elsie would have like stood her ground a little bit more mm-hmm. or spoke up a bit more. Um, yeah, but she wants to appease Amari and get back to like peace, and so they end up in Buford. And Buford is incredibly slow, and until he falls asleep, and they're in free fall. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because preceding the free fall, she was like, Um, can you go faster? and he's like, Excuse me. And then he goes into tell diatribe about like the kids today always in a rush, but it's just hilarious that like she like like I'd be careful what you wish for because it's like you wanted to go faster, not this way. Also, he was like, I am speaking up, <laughs> right? Like and asking them to speak up, and then 
Elsie uh, speaks up and he's like, don't yell at me. Like, he is just crotchety. It's ridiculous. Like, this um, is the whimsy we're here for, except that he's AI and falls asleep and then they're in free fall. Yeah. Because- and then they make it all the way to the bottom of the uh, <laughs> bureau and have to wait for another elevator. elevator, take find another elevator to take them to their actual, because they passed their, mm-hmm. their floors while they were in free fall. So they're late, both of them, <laughs> to their first day of class. Um, Which is another thing, but- too, is like, then, I mean, they have a moment, and, but like Fiona calls her out on being late and it's like, I had to wait in a bank of elevators because the elevators are, in, are inefficient. Wasn't everyone not late? That's my question. It's like, what was, like, if everybody was waiting, like, what was... Well, what not was everyone that? is late, but a good chunk of people yeah. have to be late so that the people with the mm-hmm. good elevators can be on time. Right. It's just not a good... Not a good system. Um, so Amari gets to class... Um, she finds, and she's not like super late, like class hasn't started, but everyone else is in their seats when they, when she gets in. Um, so, but before she gets inside, she finds Lara sitting outside of the door alone. Um, this is also confirmation that she is a junior agent, although we still don't know how that happened. Mm -mm. Um, and Amari's kind of like, oh, are you hiding? And Lara's like because Amari asks if she's hiding, that's when she like jumps up and it's like, I'm going inside. Like it's fine. She's trying to act like she's cool. So yeah. So Fiona, once, once they get in, agent Fiona tells them where to sit. Um, Lara is all the way in the back because they were not expecting her to be in the class. Although I will say like, yes, you start to figure out what you're going to do with her, but it's not like, like Dylan would have been in that seat. So it's not like you don't, you're not like you're missing it's not like you're having to add an extra person. You're just replacing someone, if that makes sense. Um, like, logistically speaking. Um, I think it's anyway, more that so they, they, about when she gets added. So they had made mm-hmm. their plans and had, like, everything. And probably, I'm assuming, like, the ways in which they have their schedules laid out. Right. That's what put the spanner again things that just could have happened sooner but i know van helsing is he does what he wants when he wants so (laughs) um so yeah and then amari has a seat in the front because she's you know moonstone badge gold star elite she gets a seat in the front next to tristan who is you know they were maybe going to be uh partners so that's who she's sitting next to um and then we find out so Lara doesn't have a seat because the kids are all bullying her um and they move the seat into the bathroom so she's been standing Fiona is not having it she's like somebody better go get that seat <laughs> and then Tristan snaps his fingers doesn't do and a bear literally gets up to go get this chair and I'm like First of all, who is this kid? Second of all, Fiona, you like if if I was a teacher in that moment and some kid snapped for another kid to go get something, I'd be like, ah, bear, sit your ass down. Tristan, go get the chair. <laughs> Cause what? Yep. And then Tristan was like trying to say, like, I may not know any I may happen to know where the chair is, but I also don't have I have no responsibility for why the chair is there. Like trying to like like I'm a bad boy. 
I can uh, make bully you and get away with it, but also I'll take no actual like recompense for being the bully in the situation. Like mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with. It. Like it's just trash all the way around. This kid is the worst. Um, and he only gets worse. Yeah. So then after that's all settled, then now he wants to know how come Amari gets to have a gold, get, get the gold star of the elites. And I'm like, y'all couldn't ask that at the elite dinner. Like this is junior agent class. Like what are you, what does this have to do with Agent Fiona? First of all. Um, so he's trying to figure out why Amari gets to gold pin because it's only technically um, you're only eligible. Like trainees aren't eligible to um, get it. Um, so then it me- make, means Fiona and Amari have to kind of explain how and when she became an agent, which is, you know, when Magnus gave her her badge and then Van Helsing took it and then she was reinstated again at the end of the summer. So because she was technically a junior agent at that time, she was able to be eligible. And so then, of course, Tristan can't say nothing about that. Um, but then Meanwhile, Amari, obviously, at that point... What he's trying to argue is like, kind of commensurate to her taking down the Knight Brothers and Dylan is that he single-handedly took down a whole herd of mist monsters in a famished forest. So that's I'm like that's what you're saying. You about, do know sir. Euro was under siege, right? Yeah. Like, like I feel like levels. There are some things that are scale. The scale does not right. not to not to be hierarchical in the way that y'all are already being, but but oh, it's not cute. He okay. he stopped some mist monsters when yeah. single handedly you know, she mm-hmm. saved the supernatural world. Yeah, one is clearly more important than the <laughs> other. Um. So then, so you know, again, after all of this, after Tristan goes and like shows his entire ass, Amari's like, "All right, I actually do not want to be partners with this dude. Like, this is not going to work out." We're not, especially because again, like partner, it's a partnership, right? Like you have to be able to trust that this person is going to have your back. And she can't trust that because he's our, he's salty that he doesn't have the gold pin. Um, and so instead, which, so because she's a, she has the gold star, she's able to like choose who her partner is going to be. Um, and so in deciding that she doesn't want to be Tristan's partner, she ends up choosing Lara as her partner. Which I love when Petty gets in the way of like clear thinking. Cause she immediately says it well, and then it's like, oh shit. That's why like I think that would be a good that, like, opportunity for her if she like had more experience, whatever, to like use like what you said earlier, Robin. Like I elect to not have a partner and instead have rotating partners all year long. That's what I will be doing. I'll be auditioning mm-hmm. for my partner. Like my partner yeah. will be will be. And like, but I also think that like I feel like that would be difficult just in the sense of like logistics. There's only so many kids in this class and part of it is like solidifying somebody who you know will have your back the mm-hmm. whole time as opposed to like go you know trying people out the whole time. I do like she also like you know doesn't really have a lot of choices. It's not like she has friends in she gonna the choose Department of Supernatural <laughs> of Education. Exactly. Like who is she going to be with and Lara is very clearly, I think, so it's, it's interesting because I think on the one hand, she's very much like not thinking and, or not, not, not that she's not thinking, but she immediately is questioning her choice because of her history with Lara. Um, but on the other hand, she clearly chose Lara because she's a pariah at this point, right? Like yeah. she does feel bad um, 
as much as she doesn't want to, as much as she wants to be petty about it, like she does feel bad for how Lara is being treated. And so that definitely plays a big role in why she chooses Lara. Um, And then of course, again, after she's like, oh shit, what did I do? Like, this is literally was my bully or. um... And I think this is like one thing, because we've talked about this before too. Like when Amari kind of, falls in line with all three of us we all have this in common of like if I don't mess with you if I don't like you my instinct is not to go out of my way to make your life harder it's just to ignore you it's just to like avoid you as much as possible like we don't need to be besties to coexist but we also don't need to like interact to coexist right Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be I'm gonna treat you like a human but you gonna be over there and I'm gonna be over here and that's perfect. That's fine. And so I think that is how Amari would love to treat Laura, which is like, I don't like that she's being bullied. Like she bullied me. I don't want to like perpetrate that to her. It's not tit for tat. It's literally like, yeah. I wish her the best over there. And like, I'm not going to contribute to her bullying. I'm going to pretend like she doesn't exist as much as I possibly right. can. But like, seeing her being bullied makes her feel uncomfortable but also it's like is she also Tristan is one of her bullies so it's yeah. like am I going to the bully trade of my this bully, one bully my friend right right but it's also my bully too yeah. like he's already acting trash so it's like who am I going to choose between the two and um, I think that there is something to like what you're saying is like she knows that Laura is being bullied I think there's something to her being like because she's empathetic of like, well, maybe this will not humble Lara, but like maybe Lara won't be so as bad. as bad because now she knows what it's like to be on the other side. Mm-hmm. But what we also know about Lara is that she lashes out mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to just being like, I, my bad, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Like, she kind of doubled down when Amari and Elsie go to help her in like, what was that? Chapter two or whatever. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No good choice. So, you know, it was, it was kind of like when keeping it petty goes wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now Tristan is a hater and partnerless. So that's what happens when you do clownery. Um, so then Fiona gives them all their schedules or she has them pull up their schedules. So it's basically, they all have these laptops, they hit the letter S and then their schedule will pop up. So this is, I, so this is where I want to go back to the fact that Amari and Elsie woke up early to uh, watch the welcome ceremony when their first class, which is the one they're in now, roll call and announcements starts at 7.45 AM. I would die. So what time is early? What time is this welcome ceremony if you're waking up? And those kids like, in the ceremony aren't even, so like, experienced experience with the Bureau. Those are their first time at the Bureau. So you got them up at 6 o'clock. Because, of course, the welcome ceremony is going to take a minute. It's a lot of kids. You got would, these people up. I would die. To, to be physically in the auditorium and to watch on TV. How, like, this is before breakfast? So sorry to this Jaden. Like, why? So, so sorry to this Jaden. Also, I just realized that Jaden... Of the same name as Jade and the dog I'm dog sitting right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> I wouldn't even have tried 
No. I mean, thank God it's like on, it was streaming or whatever. So they were watching right. it from Right, so at bed. least you could do it in your pajamas yeah. or whatever. But, but like, like, I wouldn't have even tried. There's like, so me and my brother both uh, support Arsenal FC. At one point, my brother was like, oh, are you going to get up at four o'clock to watch this match? I said, who do no. you think I am? I will get up <laughs> when I get up and look at the score. Right. My yeah, brother will get up life. at like 4 a.m. During the World Cup, he came to pick me up. We went to a bar at five in the morning. No. And the bartender, or like our server was like, what can I get you? I was like, some coffee, damn it. Like, it's five <laughs> in the morning. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what, I, what, what is this? But then, to, like, but then afterwards, I went home and went to sleep. Yeah, it's done. It's over. I just, but she got like, to start I her could, day. I could make a point to like, do, like, okay, I'm going to get up, watch Jade and do the thing. If I know that afterwards. And the problem though is, is he's a bronze badge. <laughs> so I got to watch all these kids <laughs> before I even get to him because he had the nerve to have a higher, like, magic level or a potential level or whatever shout out to um no so during my cousin i had like a few but like your sister graduated during covid and it was a mm-hmm. um stream and then my other mm-hmm. my niece graduated high school and it was a stream i had that shit on mute and would look up every once in a while and be like okay i know you're well your sister, it was like D, so I was like, okay. And they also didn't even have; she wasn't even there. Like, yeah, they just had pictures that came up. Or yeah. Whatever. So literally, I was just had it. It was like, oh, we're good. Somebody was watching. It was like we get to the D's. I was like, all right, let me turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> but my cousin was actually like, or my niece was walking across. It was like her high school. Like they right. could get like two people that were able to go or whatever. But it was like, you know, she was walking. Her last name started with a P. I am not paying attention. No. I'm looking up like, oh, they in L's. I should. Right. <laughs> I'm going to look up faster this time. Oh, in, yeah. In. Okay. Okay. We're in the middle of the O's. I'm going to turn on the sound now. Right. And then once we get close, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. But yes. if you think about it, it makes but, sense for Amari because if they have to be in class at 745 and the, the ceremony's at 6. May as well have it on in the background as I'm getting dressed. Like I'm gonna hop in a shower. Yeah, like that's around, that's get on my clothes. But still, be on. Like may right. as well. I may as well just have it on. But it's just too much, and I just feel like 7:45 a.m. And they're also they're anything. teens. Like they need to be sleeping, and they don't want to go to sleep until two in the morning. I just wanted <laughs> to say that was it. Makes uh, Bertha being so hard on them last year for like getting lights out sense. makes more yeah. sense in context. Cause it's like, if they had to be at a ceremony at six o'clock in the morning, they really were playing, staying up late. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, go to sleep. <laughs> um, so her, her camp schedule today is roll call announcements, 745 to eight, uh, current events class, eight to 10 sky sprints, aerial acrobatics, uh, 10 to noon lunch from noon to one private tutoring from one to three. Um, and then dismissal, from three to three fifteen, and then there's a welcome social at six. So they do have a little break in the in there. Um, but Amari also like notes that like they have three classes a day, whereas before they would have like only two. So she's kind of like, okay, this is a uh, this busy. is different, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Fiona dismisses everyone, but Amari stays late. Like she knows she gives like Amari she gives Amari a kind of a look. So Amari stays back. 
Um, and then Fiona tells her to that during the like private lesson part to report to briefing room seven for her private lesson, but not to tell anyone, like literally no one. <laughs> she, she like repeats it. She's like, no one can know that that's what you're doing. Um, and then that's the end of that. She also says the like, why you gotta argue? Right, because Amari's like, but she's like, nah. ma'am, just follow, just follow instructions, follow instructions, please. I just think it's funny that Amari, when she first saw the private tutoring on her agenda, like only her, her first inclination was to ask Lara, and it's like, dude, this is your former bully, and your first inclination is to ask them about something you see on your schedule that says private on it, like. Why are you like this, Amari? She's, I mean, she just told, she's like, you're, she's sitting right next to me. Whoops. I just, it's just so funny. Like, she's just only Amari. <laughs> only Amari. That would be her first inclination. Um, Literally. She's too sweet for this world. Um, so into chapter 12, uh, we get to see Amari's, uh, actually taking on this, like, schedule. And the first class she has is current events. Um, and, what we see is Tristan wastes no time making this class all about Amari. It's like obsession. Like it's, it's it gives obsession. It gives Amari is that girl. She is Mariah Carey, and Tristan Tristan is like Eminem. And the obsessed video is their whole relationship right now, because they are literally in the first class of the summer, and he the, the first thing that um whenever the agent who's in lead of the class asks people to present um, stories that they would like to discuss. Agent Addison. Agent Addison. Um, who else to choose a new story to discuss? Well, I say Tristan, but with both of us, Tristan and Bear. Um, Bear says, how about our new prime minister canceling the welcoming ceremony this morning? And then Tristan lobs the ball over the net with, so like Bear set him up and he, this is tennis reference. <laughs> Bear sets him up. He lobs it over the net with um, it's the right thing to do to cancel the ceremony because Merlin was way too soft on unwanted. And don't get me started on magicians. Our ancestors would be turning over in their graves, which ill, ill, using uh, our their graves if they knew that we got them working at the bureau now. Like, sir, your ancestors are probably colonizers. Like, why are we concerned considering what they would care about? Also, you're a merit kid. Yeah. Our ancestors? You're mm, you're American. Your ancestors are not part of the Bureau. Your ancestors were living life, probably colonizing someone. I don't yeah, know. Colonizing. But nothing that they tortured some other people, but like completely oblivious to the supernatural world. They would have called the whole supernatural world unwanted, let alone mm-hmm. the ones that the supernatural world is um, rejecting. So Exactly. Hmm. All y'all are the devil. Hmm. 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 It's really interesting to me. And I think like, um, what book was I reading? Was it Legendborn? It might've been where we talked about this, where it was like, you're introduced to this new world. Yeah, it was Legendborn. We were talking about like, you know, Brie gets introduced to this new world, but she's learning about it through the people of the order. And so she like takes on some of their beliefs, like unknowingly mm-hmm. or without unquestioningly, right, the right way to say it. And this like gives me that same thing of like, how, Tristan, how do you have such strongly held beliefs 
about unwanted. You've only been here for a couple years, two, three years. Like no one that you know was impacted by this war because you didn't even know the supernatural world existed, let alone like your family did. Right. So wouldn't you feel, and like, obviously like you've come here and you're, you're shining and like everyone loves you, you're, you're performing well or whatever, but wouldn't you have some level of like understanding or empathy for people who were out on the outside? No, because he's trying to. Let's trying so hard to fit in. He's Van Helsing. You gotta like you adopt the elitism and you reject anything that screams not elite, and that therefore Mm -hmm. you fit in. And like, don't look at don't look at me in the fact that oh, the fact that like I just got here. Yeah, look over there. Diversion. Yeah. Um. So this whole conversation. This I want to give a moment to anyone else who's been in a classroom where. A conversation is happening about something that has is directly affected you or your people, and, and they talk about you like you're not there. And the conversation is happening, and you are like, I do not want to. Like, I didn't bring up this conversation, therefore I was not in a place to want to talk about it. And yet, y'all are gonna keep talking about it as if no one in this room is here. And then whenever you have a moment of pause. You're going to all turn and look at me. And now I'm expected to answer to this BS conversation that I didn't even try to bring up mm-hmm. in the first place. I will say, and I ended up, I, I, I wanted like note two things. Like it's really messed up too that like Professor Addison or whatever is like Amari. Um, but I did like something you want to say. Um, she opens it up to like, what do you want to talk about? Which I think that was actually the problem because like, I don't know how long she's been training kids or whatever, but she should have known that you give the children an opportunity to ostracize or bully and they will. But she very much takes on, it is current affairs. And so like, it does matter, but she takes a very like neutral not even mm-hmm. neutral. I don't even think neutral because I think she's she is pushing back on like their, like you said, like bear. I think it's. They I think it, I'm. It's that is a neutral. That is a very like straight line. Like if you talk to like, like a Switzerland kind of point of view perspective or whatever of like, I'm going to entertain. I'm only going to. It's not like it's like tolerance, but it's still like you're looking at the people who are the perpetrators as if they have. Um, she's not rebuking them and she's not like um, pushing like that telling them that they need to stop talking she's literally on like well they said their words let's get someone else a chance to say words she's not like actively she's not saying you're wrong stop it right but she does tell him she does tell him to like respect his classmates so it's like sort of it's not quite exactly it but it is like okay but you're not gonna say some like straight up out-of-pocket stuff to somebody who's like literally sitting here in the room it's like i think she's just like setting i'm not saying that as a defense i'm just saying that she's like, like she's like partially there but yeah. not well i think what i got the rules i'm not gonna let you gonna keep talking i will put you out of class if you do something that's against the rules like, i'm not gonna just let you mm-hmm. use the space as your time to talk but she's also being mm-hmm. quote-unquote neutral and that she's not saying that what they're saying is bad i right. and i took it as like 
and this is me reading into it. I'm not, I'm going to say like, this is my interpretation of like, because <laughs> we're reading fucking Kindred right now. I'm really upset about that decision <laughs> and I wish I could change it. But there's this moment in Kindred where Dana is thinking about her annoying ass white husband and she's like, I don't want you to stay too long in this world because even if you don't like fully adopt the racism, it's going to seep in and it's going to normalize itself to a certain extent. And I think that we're in this moment where she knows that she cannot be loudly pro unwanted, but she can in like small kind of ways, like challenge these things because she like someone, another person before she even like asked Amari to, to pipe up is saying like, well, it doesn't seem fair that they've like, that these people are so far removed and that like Bane technically is unwanted. Like Amari doesn't say that. Like some, another person like says that and she like kind of coaxed her to say more. So I got, I got the feeling of I'm going to push back, but I'm going to gently push against this without like, not like shutting you down completely because I do understand that this is like the overarching sentiment of this world, but I want like, maybe it won't be Tristan and Bear, but it might be like the, uh, a few more people in our class to like leave this discussion thinking more critically about what is just accepted. Again, it's my interpretation and it could just be that I want the best because like uh, Portia's face right now is giving nothing. She said, go on, girl, give us nothing. She's not amused. But that's how I kind of read it. So I... Having been, like, again, I, I think my <laughs> trauma from being in a classroom where this has happened, like, sometimes you just have to recognize where you're not the person that can take on the conversation. And she definitely is not trained to facilitate a conversation around that what's happening right there. So like, yeah, what you were saying about like, like the conversation, they should have had a conversation where she like did not leave it to the kids to bring up uh, the current event or have like better stipulated, like what kind of topics, like give them a uh, multiple choice of which ones they're going to start on and go from there. Um, Cause she is not trained to have lead a conversation like this. And honestly, it shows so that's what I took out of it so yeah and if you are a person who is in a position of power um and, and uh don't set yourself up for a situation where the competition that's over your head is going to happen and is over your head like you're the person in power there and the, you're going to not have any control over that that room once that conversation starts happening so don't put yourself in that situation don't allow it don't even go there yeah that gets more responsibility on the people who will be affected as well as you like that just and if you treat everybody for some reason still find yourself in that situation don't grasp at the person who is the most impacted to to answer the educator no (laughs) or to to be the spokesperson of the marginalized voice um Mm -hmm. yeah and while the competition does happen, and like you said, there is someone who does, there are agents in the room who are like, you know, a bit, again, we talked about the audience thing, how there's like people who are based, people who are opposition and that moderate in between. And that see, we see that there's moderates in the audience. Um, it's just like a little, 
it's, it's entirely frustrating. Um, and the uh, Amari, what she does say is like she brings up like the fact that the hypocrisy of it all because Bane is a wraith, and then uh, Tristan tries to point, uh, try to make a point that like, well, he wasn't, he's not a real unwanted because he once was a human, and it's like, are magicians not humans? So it's just like this whole right. crappy, crappy crap, like making stuff up for being a bigot. Um, and like the conversation again, the conversation gets away from Agent Addison, and it's just not like it's it. Yes, it's nice to see there are other people in the room who are not all on uh, a Van Helsing level kind of a way of doing things, but it's also like doesn't really do that much for Amari at the end of the day either. Um, and she has to go as far as to say, imagine that you were me. And that I did not choose to be a magician, that I was just born this way. And I know that the Night Brothers were awful. My own brother is stuck in supernatural health because of Moreau. But I am not the Night Brothers. I haven't done anything to anyone. But so many people in Supernaturals have already made up their minds about me anyway. It's not fair and I don't deserve it. And neither do any of the other unwanteds. And then what is Tristan's response? And during a moment of quiet and in response to her saying all of this is him saying, ah, poor Peters. Like, he you is know, so salty. Just a pillar of he's salt. He's just salty. Because that's the thing. Because it's not even Himalayan about the, like, his salt. actual, like, uh, <clears throat> what's the word? Beef. His actual, like, convictions and beliefs aren't even, like, I don't even believe that he's actually that, like. Full-throated. Yeah, he I mean, yeah, he, I don't think if, that. If he, he would have gotten that Amari, star and Amari exactly. was his partner, he would have been over there pro- unwanted pro everything amari say exactly so he's just he's saying all of this because he got beat out he's not the most special snowflake at the camp <laughs> and then laura checks him on that because she says well my, my sister what is uh, uh you were all of my sister's butt before you figured out she's a magician and even get it's still then we don't even know what he's been at. His, like they've only been in this freaking camp for like two like a day it's day two so like mm-hmm. he probably would have been up maria's butt this whole that whole first day if maria was available to be up butts up you know what i mean like she you know what I mean? <laughs> he would have been in there and so he was like like you said was like all up up in amari so i think he it's it really is like he's just full of it he tries to push back on laura everything erupts again agent addison does not have control of this room uh the one thing that um that is anywhere helpful given from Tristan and Bear and their whole little camp is that Bear drops that um, there was supposed to be a meeting to that meeting that they, that the was disrupted by the time freeze at the magical Congress was a meeting on banning unwanted. And Amari's like, Oh crap. I didn't even think about that. What was the meeting about in the first place? So she texts um, she about like, it. Ooh. Yeah. She texts Elsie about it. Elsie <laughs> is like, ah, oh, now that's a legit like question that we should kind of look into to the library. And so they decide <laughs> to make a library date for lunch. Oh, love it. Um, but before we get to this library date, I will, I because this is a you know again, I, this is building off of my last anger from ep- the last previous episode. Um, uh, Laura walked out of class bef- uh, after this disruption, like the whole like conversation came apart, and. Um, she, Amari, um, whenever Amari sees her in the hallway, Lara, like, keep, actually, she's going to keep walking. She turns back, though, for a second, and she goes up to Amari and it's like, I, do I want to apologize? And Amari's like, stop it. Hold it. I'm good. Go by. 
and that's the end of that and i'm like that is legit how she should have treated the whole cafeteria like again Mm -hmm. like i just laura can hold on to her apologies because like when do you actually mean it when do you actually like do something about it don't you have to show yeah yeah and like i would say that her kind of like standing up for you know but again for maria back and forth with tristan yeah, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like it, I think it's a start, but it's not like. But really I do think that like that what Tristan sense. said made is what kind of prompted Laura to think a little bit more and try to mm-hmm. apologize because he he was right. Like because she well, she straight up was like, I don't have a brother. Yeah. Like not only do you have a brother, but that is your twin. Y'all share DNA. Right. Like y'all, mm-hmm. I mean y'all are close, right? Um, but. I think it did make her stop and think like, no, you're right. <laughs> if I didn't know that about Maria and if Dylan was a good, quote unquote, good magician, um, would I, you know, I mm-hmm. did treat Amari the way that um, he said, so. Right. But yeah, but she's gonna have to do a lot more than yeah, that. but it's, and it, I'm it's not it's, even mad at Amari for telling smart. her to keep it because, like, right, whatever, dude. It's <laughs> the rest of that work has to come from Laura, and mm-hmm. Amari can take it or leave it for as long as she wants. Like, you never have to, even if someone does the work, you can be like, "I'm proud of you." Right. Bye. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Move, move forward with grace and grace. Yes. Move forward and away from me in grace mm. so about that library date so Ooh. they uh whenever they get whenever amari and elsie get to the library all study rooms are reserved but that doesn't matter because one look at the elite pin on amari's chest and mrs bell the librarian is like i got no you problemo she taps a button on the desk and then a bookcase swings open to reveal a secret study room and Elsie, I am Elsie, and Elsie is me. Elsie says, "Okay, I wasn't jealous before, but that is starting to change. This place even has refreshments. And they got cookies. They got cookies. They also, got I will. Beans. They got. I'll point out the uh, the librarian. Yeah. Elsie's technically not supposed to be in there. Same with the elevator, but the librarian messes with Elsie. That's so what I, that's, like, just yeah. She said, "Hurry up, get in there before someone." asking Seems. questions she says I, go on in there before anybody else sees it and i was like yes um bit it so when they, if someone does come in here i'm like oh how'd that happen so they mm-hmm. choose the like the uh, they're smart because they choose the desk setup that is like the furthest away from the door so they can kind of like have their backs to the whoever's coming in so they don't notice them too much um and they start looking up uh what they can about the magical congress and what they were meeting about um, and Elsie says, since this is a library computer, we should be able to search every supernatural newspaper and magazine at once. If it's mentioned, we'll find it. But they look key that in nothing, and no, um, no entries pop up for them. Something stinky. Um, yeah. And Elsie's uh, able to find the official schedule, clicks the link, but then they get a message asking for a username and password. And Elsie's like, I've had enough with this. We're not going to. We have only so many minutes for this lunch hour. How about we do this instead? She pulls out her lucky little um, PC hacker bug. It's an actual like mechanized bug that you can put into the computer and it'll like search for her. And 
Um, and it's untraceable. Yeah. And she um, is able to use it to get a password to allow them in to that screen that they were um, trying to get into. But immediately as the screen pops up, Elsie like reflexes pops in that same reflex that you use to catch Amari sleeping. She pulls up, clicks and takes a picture of the screen. And luckily she does have that like instinct and that muscle memory because two, not two seconds after she does that, a message pops up on the screen with bright red letters saying this information has been deemed confidential by the department of half truths and full cover-ups. I also love though that, um, Amari is like very impressed by this mechanized uh, spider. And I also love that it's like a spider. My little Peter Parker heart, but also like, because mm-hmm. you know, that's what they're called. The bugs. It, mm-hmm. They're called spiders in tech language. It's funny. Anyway. So I love that Amari takes a moment to um, tease her about possibly going to Blackstone. She's only doing a callback to when Elsie told her that they like we could we could uh be um we could be murdered or worse expelled. Mm-hmm. Like like Elsie, right. she's just putting it back on Elsie. Like Elsie yep. just told her this. Yeah. Also, yeah, um, Elsie is so much quicker on with her phone than Amari so is. Much. Amari is still like, ooh, look Amari's at that. Amari's fumbling with this with the ringer. Mm. And Elsie said, "Oh, the screen is black and is darkening. Quick, <laughs> it was out immediately. She needed to try that's to figure out where her camera why... button. She's like, I already got. I've hit the side button. Boom, yep. camera pops up. Boom, boom. She got said, you. That's why yes. she. That's why she won the bet. And Amari. And Amari was like, literally, all Amari. Amari was like, all she. She was trying to wait for the perfect shot. Like, just get the shot, girl. Get the shot. Just get the, the shot. shot. Get the info. And turn your ringer off. Turn the ringer off." Ooh, stop making it so difficult. Come on. So luckily, Amari, uh, like Elsie did catch that, capture this shot. They pull up what it says. And it says um, that they were like the meeting, that uh, meeting that was scheduled for that time was for the uh, discussion for banning all unwanted. Uh, there is Merlin on the position of uh, giving them equal rights. And Bane was on banning uh, the position that was banning. And then they note that the person who was there um, slotted to speak was Harlow, who was going to testify um, to linking uh, unwanted to the deaths of her parents, which I believe is like her adopted parents. And Mm -hmm. they, but both Elsie and Amari clock the fact that like both Bane and Harlow's are supposed to be in this meeting and are because they're able to do all the things they're currently doing, uh, we're not captured in the time freeze at all. So they have insider knowledge about the time freeze before it was going to happen for them to have been scheduled to be there and yet not be caught by the time freeze. So they're looking real bum, funny bum, bum. in the light. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. There's a real reason why the Department of Half Truths and Full Cover-Ups is n- not allowing access to this a very benign schedule for the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. directly after this lunch meeting, and I'm guess I'm hoping that the girls were snacking as they were, you know, from that company. They had cookies. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I didn't hear, but I didn't hear anything they had anything about a meal or anything, because well, whatever. So I'm hoping they were snacking. And their last meal was before 7 45 a.m. So right. <laughs> they need to make sure they eat something. 
Because the, the first thing they have to do, like what Amari has on her schedule to do after that, is to like do something active. Like so, the everyone else who are, is a junior agent is scheduled for the supernatural ability like a uh, training session, a practice session, and so she gets her hopes that like maybe her private uh, uh, training is related to her ability as well. Luckily, it is. She goes to the private room and guess who's there? It's Maria. And so now she gets double time. She gets the private time she wanted to have with Maria to talk to her. And also she gets to like, you know, use this time for her private lessons on her magic, which she's been wanting to hone in on because she's been scared that she's not able to control them well enough um, after having that lightning manifest um, without her intention to do so when she battled Dylan. So she's uh, concerned about getting her magical weight up, basically um and so when she's in the room with maria they said they get to talking about all these things uh, initially maria drives home to her we got to keep these lessons private like these are private lessons private private like no one can know what's happening mm-hmm. um one we're only taken to have these sessions per the prime minister merlin himself who is currently in a time freeze and bane and everyone else is trying to like reject everything that he put in power uh, beforehand so we have to be very careful about who knows anything and that includes like no one can know about this yeah Secondly, like technically they're not breaking any rules but they don't want to, to call attention call attention to the fact that like is it it's the, the permission they technically they do have permission to do this but please don't draw attention to the fact that we're doing this because the person who gave us permission it's not an over around to enforce it mm-hmm. and the, everyone is like looking at them sideways already for them being magicians to have knowing two known magicians are meeting up on a regular basis to do magic that's just they're going to try to shut that down um mm-hmm. and do worse um also maria is under lacking key lock and key she's on home arrest house arrest so she's only been getting released to do certain things as they allow her to do it including her being there to train amari um which is crazy yeah i'm on house arrest but they let me out so i could teach the youth (laughs) right and the other thing is that like when amari starts to talk to her about like what's actually happening like uh with the league and why she's so pressed to try to like you know like investigate the time freeze um Initially, Maria's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, like, I got it. It's cool. I'll take care of, like, Cosmo. And then when uh, Amari's like, oh, like, she starts talking about the crown, then she learns that Maria knew nothing about the crown. So um, whatever Maria has in (laughs) mind about taking care of Cosmo did not take into factor the fact that he's trying to pass off a crown to two 13-year-olds or one of the two two 13-year-olds, one being her imprisoned criminal brother and the other being mm-hmm. Amari. I love her reaction too because she is like, wait, the what? <laughs> like she's like, and then she's like he should not be putting that on you. It's like, yes, yeah. thank you. Amari knows that. You know that. Why does Cosmo not, not know that? that? And he's the adult. Out of all of these people in this like she's a young adult, but like he's like <laughs> an older adult. Um yeah, that's the thing. So um before I get to finish that off that thought, I'm going to also note that like the time, like in the time that Amari and Maria spend together discuss uh, in this discussion, um, any training that Amari gets in this moment is very like minimal. It's just kind of like show, like Maria shows her a magic book, a spell book, um, and is talking, tells, 
as they're talking about like the use of the spells, uh, they get in discussion that, um, about what Amari has been like pondering on, which is like fair versus foul magic, and it comes down to intention. It's how Maria like interprets it, um, and yet yeah, some spells are um, like are more like they can be general defense, but some are like strictly more used because of the level of intention that goes into them for foul where they are not for fair. So she basically says, and um, essentially fair magic is selfless where foul magic is selfish. Fair magicians seek to uh, use magic to benefit the world around us. Foul magicians use it for their own gain at the expense of others. And that makes Amari remember that the spell that she used in defense of herself against Lara did actually harm Lara in the defense of herself. And so that's how she's able to reason like why like the foul spell she used was a foul versus even those in her own defense. Mm-hmm. And Maria It's like defending plus plus <laughs> like used it for defense, but it's also to like get it, back at her. It wasn't just a counter, it was a counter and a strike. Like you were like Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So uh and then Maria does note that she did um hear about like her standoff with Lars and she understands why um Amari is like thinking through these things that way. Um and then she also tells Amari to not worry about um talking to Cosmo because she's gonna handle it. And I'm like, why should Amari trust a Van Helsing? But trust Maria specifically, who did is under lock and key, so she knows she's being like surveilled and watched, and also is like uh, was unaware of the levels behind Cosmo's work and what he's trying to do. Doesn't have a clear idea of what his strats are, but somehow she feels as if she can take over, like like interactions with Cosmo on Amari's behalf. Like I don't understand where that level of confidence comes from from Maria. And maybe it's just that she feels like more confident than like a 13 year old. She's like, I can handle this before a 13 year old can. I don't know. But it just feels off that she thinks. I she think can she it. just probably still doesn't understand how out of pocket Cosmo's been. Like, I think she's probably yeah. thinking, like, I can talk some sense into him because this don't make no goddamn sense. I'm going to just say, you know, that girl is 13, right? And she don't know what she got. And she don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, he like, know, but he knows. And he'll be like, that. oh, you know what? I hadn't thought of that. You're right. Let me calm down. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think that like Amari clearly has a lot going on. So I could see her also being like, you shouldn't have to worry about this. So don't even worry about it. Like I got it. Like again, it's misguided and she really don't got it. But I understand her like instinct to be like, no, don't even don't do it. I can yeah. I can see her like oldest uh, daughter instincts being like, well, like I'm going to like lay the worries at rest and I'll deal with the issues myself. Like I'll mm-hmm. take it myself. Don't you worry about it. I got it. I'll just, I'll take it. But at the same time, I'm like, bro, like, why do you think you have a handle on this? If Amari's giving you intel that you did not know about the situation. I don't, it's not good. She, yeah. I do. She's- I do sometimes think it's very hard for people for it's it's very hard for logical and rational people to to understand the thought processes of irrational and illogical people so they just think like oh well i can just reason with them and it's like no but they're being unreasonable yeah that that they're going to stay unreasonable like there's yeah, no you rational can't reason yeah. with an unreasonable person yeah yeah 
Bayana's like, I know this well. I've been your cousin for my entire life. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So who was your MVP of the chapter? My MVP is Maria. I was going to, I wanted to do a special shout out to Agent Addison, but um, I had her as my MVP for a second, but Portia brought me back to my sentence, my senses. Um, I just think that she had good intentions, but impact over intentions. I understand. I understand. I understand. Um, <laughs> but Maria, just because I think that like, despite the, you know, don't worry about Cosmo, I'll take care of it, which I, she, you know, she might be able to take care of it she's gonna give it her best shot we don't know but like she's putting herself on in a lot of risk to help amari and i think it's something that she would have done anyway but there's an extra level now of risk and also like personal personal risk and like um there's an extra level of like scrutiny on her that makes it even more difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's still willing to do that because it's the right thing to do. And it's not like, I mean, I think that Laura and Maria are grappling with what Dylan has done in their own ways. And they all came from that same cesspool of man healthiness, but um, Maria, at least it seems like much more quickly was able to, and I think also because of her relationship with Quentin was able to, um, see Amari's predicament outside of what it means for her and her family and what it means about Dylan and stuff. And it's just like, let me help, uh, Mari set herself up as best as possible because that's what Quentin would want and that's what Quentin would do. And it's also the right thing to do. Um, And so that's why she's my MVP. Um, I gave my MVP to, because out of, out of these three chapters of like trash adults and like not a lot of like Amari doing her best or she did her best, but like, you know, not standing out um, or anyone else standing out. I gave it to Miss Bell who was there for like two seconds. However, she did not have to let Elsie into the elite room with Amari. Like the other curator or whatever was like, no, only elites only can get on that elevator. In a place where they keep trying to like stay, like put elitism over things, leave it to the librarian to be librarian. like, we're about equality where I can make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate librarians in general even especially the like socially active and justice oriented ones. And I feel like Miss Bell is one of them and um, I'm here for it. So I gave Mrs. Bell my MVP. Shout out to librarians everywhere. Yeah. Um, I made Fiona my MVP mostly because I missed her as a teacher. (laughs) She'd be like, now look, I'm about to count to 10. If that chair doesn't get back into this classroom, everybody's running laps like so you know what i mean so don't test um, me and just like you know still... play with your friends don't play with me right and i like that amari came in and about late and was trying to joke and then like remembered oh yeah like we're in class this isn't fun fiona this is teacher fiona um and like the fact that there is that 
delineation and Amari has to kind of remember that is cool. And I think, yeah, I just, I liked her. I feel like I had, was in the same kind of place as Portia when as, as just being like, there's not really anyone yeah. who's really like balling, but she was cool. <laughs> um, who benched? Who who's your benched? Tristan. I, I just like think that there's a lot of like in the in the in the completely opposite way of like it was more difficult to choose an MVP this time it was like an abundance of choices for v, uh, for benched and bench, yeah. I think that one because Tristan shows up in multiple chapters and is the same level of just like ugh. Um, mm-hmm. So consistency is what won him out for me, I guess, um, or just like more opportunities to be gross. Um, I think the, one of the things that I I have a huge problem with in life um, in general is people whose morals or whose stances are very inconsistent based on where they fall in a circumstance. So like, if you think um, it's, it's they're, ba- they're bandwagoners, it's, like they hop on the bandwagon. Kind, kind of, but it's like it's a human thing, right? Where like, and we make a joke of it, where it's like, you know, abolish prisons except put this dude under the jail, right? Like, and like there are these things in which like some some things like hit you more, and like so your morality can kind of bend a little bit, but you should recognize that like, oh, this is, I'm feeling this way because of my proximity and this is based out of like jealousy, revenge, anger, whatever. But like all things being equal, I don't believe in prisons. And so even though this person hurt me specifically, like I need to rise above that, like, right? Like that, um, Instinct is the reason why we shouldn't have prisons because everyone is going off of their base or instincts or going after like revenge or whatever. Um, I think Tristan has this really badly where it's like my morals and my beliefs are very changeable based on how and what I get out of it. And yes, he's a, he's a child still as well. Um, he's older than Amari, but like, you know, Hopefully there's time, there's, there's a chance for him to grow and understand that. Um, but it was really like put up in how, like, you know, he's trying to get Amari on his side and then he's trying to tear her down because she is getting more shine than him. Um, he is happy to proclaim to everyone that he was a Vanquish mentee and his relationship with Vanquish until it doesn't work for him. And now he's, you know, calling Maria the worst thing since life bread. So I think that that is like just a really, it just, ugh, it, it really grosses me out. Yeah. Yeah. I benched Tristan for the same reasons. I'm just like, he's an arrogant kid. He's deeply insecure and like needs to not make that anyone else's problem. Um, yeah. He's gross. So here's the thing. When I started this book, and mind you, 
this is not a flex. This is just a, like to put everything in context. I read this book in 2022 and it was released. I read 365 books last year. I have since read more books this month. So it's been a minute since I read and picked up this book. And so when we got into these chapters and I was like trying to like, we got to Tristan. I was like, who is like when, whenever Amari was like, I don't know who this man is. She was Kiki Palmer. I see this man in the street. I do not know who this man is. So same. I was like, who, who is Tristan? I know I read this book, but who is Tristan? Is he a non-factor? What's going on? And as as the I got into chapter eleven, I was like, oh yeah, this kid. Okay, yeah, this guy. But here's the here's my thing. Maybe I purposely forgot about Tristan because I did not want to give him what he wanted by giving him the attention <laughs> of being rich. He feels like special. He feels like he did something. Like he did the thing. He made it yeah. out to the radar. And after you, Tristan, I'm not giving you that spot. You are nothing. You are nobody to me. I will forget you again <laughs> when this book is over. Once this book is over, oh my gosh, I won't remember you. Thank you. I and I now remembered why why it is that I forgot Tristan, and I'm, I'm very proud of my uh, misremembering of him even being part of the story. Um, and so in his stead, I put Harlow as my bench because she, I know she is crap. And the way that she's amping up over time, the way that we get to see, like, she's not even pull, putting on her full, like, ability yet on display, but we see her with Van Helsing having that moment, um, ushering him into a different thought area. When she's talking to Amari, we don't know what or what not she's put, like, I initially, when I was reading this book, I remember her thinking she was, like, kind of glamour power, mostly, and how, like, um, that might have been projected um, whenever she was still, when she had like remnant glamour left over from like ushering um, director Van Helsing when she's talking to Amari. Cause Amari just like spit that information out to her. She's like, I have no reason not to tell her X, Y, Z or whatever. So I, th- it was like a moment where I was like, this lady is amping up and nobody's prepared. And I want to, I want to clock her as many times as I can before she arises to her full steam and full power. So mm-hmm. I mentioned her instead. Um, I would, sorry, before you go, Bayana, I would like to add Portia as my MVP for being petty against a fictional character and like having that translate into who she benches and, and, uh, and her reasons why she wants to hurt a fiction. She doesn't want to give a fictional character what he wants. The satisfaction. Yes. Oh, deny the satisfaction. Yep. You are nobody. I don't know you. Ugh. I stand. <laughs> um, well, on that note, thank you for listening. Um, let us know who you think is your MVP and bench. You can let us know on social media and our comments or and and put it in the form, um, which is in our show notes. And also, if you're on social media or on our website, you can find it pretty easily. Um, and then join us next week when we'll be discussing chapters 13 through 15. Wizard Team is a part of the Black Nerds Create Collective. If you want to keep up with our content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Wizard Team Pod and at Black Nerds Create. Oh, it's February. Um, join yes, us February. for Black Magical History Month. Pew, pew, pew. Like, oh, um, yeah. Boom. Check us out at those places to figure out what we're doing for Black Every Magical day. History Month. Every day. 
Er day, er day. Er day, er day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>